0: Hey everybody, I'm Micah Rich.
1: And I'm Olivia Kane.
0: And welcome to the Weekly Typographic.
1: A podcast where we discuss our favorite type and design news from the week.
0: Hi, Olivia.
1: Hey, Micah.
0: How you doing, my friend?
1: Happy April 1st to everyone listening today.
0: Oh, that's weird. That's half false because we're not recording on the 1st, so that's confusing to me. I'm confused now. Do I I mean, rent. I don't know.
1: Yeah, we're time traveling right now. It's pretty powerful stuff. But that also <laughs> means that the Oliver Workshop is happening very soon. Oh, yeah. Which is this weekend. Pairing type. And I know you guys are interested on how to pair type and what tips to use because last week's episode had a record number of hit listens for the weekly typographic in one day. So, oh, shoot. Yeah. I like just to saying. hear that. That's great. Fun news. Appreciate everyone that's been tuning in. I mean, we wouldn't be making this without our fans out there.
0: (laughs) Fans is such a weird word. I feel like we're all just nerds in a
1: pile. Yeah, without the fellow nerds. Yeah, that's much better.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, this weekend is going to be great. I'm very excited. We know for a fact that Oliver knows his stuff. We've seen what he's going to teach us. and. It's some good old fashioned stuff that you should be reminded of, and some new stuff that we had never known before we met him. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be very exciting. It's also a popular one; people are loving the workshop tickets. It's always hard to tell how many people are going to show up live because we always say, you know, even if you like, if you buy a ticket, you get the recording, even if you can't make it. But if you show up live, you're going to have the opportunity for asking for feedback on stuff from him. So that's going to be. Pretty exciting, and I hope anybody out there who's on the fence is going to change their mind to take advantage of it.
1: Oh, yes, indeed. I agree wholeheartedly. Very exciting. Should we tease the nerd alert?
0: Yeah, we got to tease the nerd alert.
1: Got to tease the nerd alert. It's a different nerd alert than what we usually do in that we're doing a small roundup of type design schools out there in the world that are the most popular ones. So I feel like, honestly, I even confused some of these. So I was like, how about we figure out the differences between Type-It-Cooper, Type-West, Type-Paris, KBK? So we're going to give a little roundup of the basics on all of these type programs, you know, like what sort of efforts involve, what sort of time commitments involve, how much they cost. Because I think the more you know, the more you know. So Mm. something that we're really excited about is we have some interviews lined up for this spring season, and we'll be talking to people that are educators and people that have recently gone through programs, so we'll get kind of some more deeper insight into what it's like going through a type design education program, like how are you supposed to know what that's even like unless you know someone that went through it. So this is just tapping at the beginning of like a series that we hope to fulfill so people can understand what it's like to pursue a type design education. These are the formal options that we're going to present, and hopefully we'll be Hearing what it's like to also teach yourself and what other resources that you might want to complement with type design, formal type design education. So it's going to be really exciting.
0: I'm very excited about it. I'm sure I will have one or two good things to say when we get there, and you will teach us all plenty of things.
1: I hope so indeed. The first article this week is by Oak, and it is a mechanical ragger print typesetting for the web. This is about this new tool that's been developed. It's called Mechanical Ragger, and it's to help typesetting on the web so that paragraphs don't have these ugly rags on, you know, the right side typically. And like your rag is how it looks when your lines of text are like lined up next to each other right rag is how we typically read things. You know, the right side of our lines has an unevenness to it. In general, typesetting on the web is usually pretty terrible and unpredictable and is (laughs) dictated by things that aren't crafted human decisions, but more by responsive web design. I always usually complain that like, oh, you have no control over your type on the web, but maybe this will help you get some control. What do you think about this tool?
0: Well, a friend of mine sent this to me and I was like, oh, this is interesting. And they have a demo page that if you like, read after reading a little bit about it, you can find the link to the demo page and see for yourself by turning it on and off. For one thing, Oak Studios, whom I don't think you know that well, I have been following them since I was a wee lad because <laughs> I always considered them the cool competitors to my old design company. They were the ones that got the big clients and got the news write-ups and stuff. They did work for Monotype and Apple and Spotify and Tatly, who I used to know once upon a time. They were great. And like creative mornings and working, not working, lots of things. Anyway, they're smart. They're cool. They do cool stuff. They seem to be rich and have tons of time to just mess around with cool things. This being one of them, it's subtle. Okay, first of all, you're right. Type setting on the web does suck, period. Goodbye. That's just the whole story. Mm Mm-hmm. Most of the time, people are like, don't you dare justify in a browser because it will look horrible. Yes. Because there's just no per word, per letter, per line control. Like, you just can't control anything. I mean, that's true by default until you bring JavaScript into it. And JavaScript is much fancier, can do a lot more things. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, the JavaScript that people use for this kind of stuff is heavy. Mm -hmm. It does a lot and sometimes too much, and so you don't want to use it on, like, large chunks of things. Mm -hmm. And they seem to have done a pretty good job of making it not that heavy, which is cool. It's also worth noting, by the way, while I'm, like, talking about who these people are and whatnot, one of maybe the main person, I don't know this for sure, behind this is a secret friend of the League from a long time ago, from before you were around, actually. Ooh. His name's Daniel Gamage. Met him through Tyler Fink many moons ago. And uh, one time he stayed on my couch in Brooklyn, across from Pratt. Um, That's sweet. He was just one of those genius young kiddos. I'm sure he's not a kiddo anymore, but who understood and cared about the depths of typography and development. Mm. And we're pretty rare out here.
1: Mm -hmm. I was going to say, that sounds like (laughs) a description of yourself.
0: (laughs) Right. So anyway, that's a lot of backstory for something that's kind of like hey, you can plop this in and your rags will look better.
1: Yeah. Which
0: is basically what it is. And so am I going to use it on everything? Maybe. I don't know.
1: Possibly.
0: <laughs> it's like a subtle difference, right? Like when you're switching it on and off, mm-hmm. it's not like they're trying to make a perfect even rag even. you yeah. know, It's just like trying to balance it out in a subtle way.
1: For sure. I think the demo is very helpful. The only opposition I have to this demo is that the letting is a little bit too tight for my eyes. I have a hard time.
0: I kind of suspect that was on purpose in this instance. Oh, maybe. So that you're not reading it as much as you are just looking at it as like a block.
1: Oh, good point. Yeah, no, I feel that. I don't know that,
0: but that's my guess.
1: I also feel like they use a wide typeface, which makes typesetting even harder. So it's probably a good example Of how terrible type can look when you use like a wider typeface, which is less forgiving than a more condensed one when it comes to breaking lines.
0: Yeah, this is unfortunately one of those things. I'll I'll stop talking about this in a second. But it's one of those things where it's hard to justify bringing it into a project because it should just be how it works. Yeah, you shouldn't have to bring it in. They should just like take stuff like this and make the browsers better.
1: For sure. In a perfect world. That would be lovely.
0: So, anyway, it's cool. Check it out. Fun times. Absolutely. Good work, Daniel.
1: I have brought this link that we were talking about next. And it's, you know, it's from some of my favorite people over at Velveteen, the other wonderful open source foundry across the pond in France. And this is a site dedicated to, I think her name is Ange de Geest. And Ange was uh, a member of the type community and the type design world, and there was just an exhibition called Une Saison Graphique that showcased her work, and Ange lived from 1928 to 2009. So you can imagine, there was a lot of technological advances going on throughout her lifetime, and the work that she was able to contribute is so varied, so exciting, and what we're presenting here is a group of typefaces that are revivals of her work, which I think is – really great. Because it's published by Velveteen, it means they're all open source. So you can download them, open them, use them, edit them. I think it's pretty exciting. And there's six different typefaces and you can click on each of them. This site is very much in Velveteen style. It's very maximalist. Lots of animations happening in the background of the things you're looking at. But in general, there's little snippets about each typeface, gives a little history. You know, There's one that was made for typewriters. There was one that mimics old engraving script. And I'm really excited to try these out. I think Louise is my favorite typeface. Just like a really beautiful script. Kind of reminds me a little bit of League script. But in general, this is a pretty exciting addition and uncovering more obscure type design history that often gets lost. I'm always here for that.
0: I do love it. It's almost like a gallery show with tools that you can bring home, like a goodie bag of useful things that are directly related from The concept of the gallery show. Like, what a crazy idea.
1: That's a really good point. And there's a More About the Exhibition link, and you can see what the exhibition was like. And you're right, it does feel like
0: a goodie bag. It's kind of neat. I love it. I keep trying to download, unfortunately, I think their site is a little funky at the moment. But hopefully by the time this airs, that's sorted out, and you can actually download and and play with them all.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. And it's interesting how some of them feel so modern, even though they were designed literally decades ago.
0: Yeah, that's pretty crazy.
1: I love that. So go check it out. I mean, six free fonts. What else do you need? We know the people love the free fonts. (laughs) Next up is a really fun project I've been excited to talk about. And this is from Graffiti Shop. Steph discovered this link. It's definitely from a source that is unknown to me. But it was a very fun interview. It's called Appear Offline When Graffiti meets typography. And so Appear Offline, I did not know about this kind of initiative before this article. I think the best way to view Appear Offline is to look at their Instagram. Their handle is also in this article. But it is this designer who is mixing traditional typography with graffiti vernacular And traditional typography, but also experimental typography. And it's an interview with how they approach things, how graffiti has influenced their work, who influenced them as like kind of a counterculture designer. And everything feels like hyper stylized in a way that is actually pretty unusual. It's funny because... I think a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the monotype type trend catalog Mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah. And they mentioned the throw up graffiti. And we were like, throw up, that's so dumb. Well, (laughs) it's funny because we talk about throw up as a graffiti style in this article. So it was definitely our bad. Funny to see it referenced just two weeks later in something we're talking about. And I love how effortlessly expressive and experimental these things are. I feel like things feel like they have such a good symbiotic relationship between these normal typefaces and the weird organic graffiti when you know this stuff doesn't just happen overnight. I don't know. I'm just shocked. Sometimes you see experimental typography and you're like, oh yeah, that looks like a grad student at art school made it and that looks like what the other grad students at art school are making. This just feels like, I don't know. My eyes are just really enjoying this right now.
0: I also cannot pinpoint what it is that's different about this. Right. But there is something that is just more well done than I anticipated when I opened it up.
1: Yes, exactly. And I,
0: I wish I understood better. I really just don't have any kind of detail to add to that. It's really Good. I don't
1: know. Right? I feel like graffiti kind of gets like s- snubbed a little bit in the type design world, capital T, capital D, for being this <laughs> outsider art and not as refined of, a you know, endeavor as type design or whatever. Maybe this designer just really understands the relationships in type and they're just like applying that in a different medium, but then combining. But I agree. I agree. Effortless. I can't pinpoint why, but I'm following them. I'm very excited to continue seeing their work.
0: It feels to me like there's a difference between talent and skill. Okay. Talent being you're just naturally good at this thing and it just comes easy to you and you're good at it. And skill being something where you like worked really hard to learn the craft of something. Mm -hmm. And that is why you're good at it. And every once in a while, I feel like you find something where it's both talent and skill. And that's what this feels like. And it's like this undescribable magic combo in the background where I can't pinpoint why it's good, but it's really good.
1: I like that. I'm going to stop us from continuing in these circles because I think that's the best reasoning. As to why we like this. All right, fine. <laughs> no, no, no. That's an appreciation message being like, thank you for finding the right words because I'm just gonna continue rambling, but like, it's good. And I don't know why, but it's good. <laughs> so check that out. Appear offline if you wanna check them out on Instagram. They have tons of followers. Um, people that There's you- like
0: seven underscores in the middle. I hate yeah. I hate that on Instagram. I don't know how I, to describe yeah, that. We're just gonna have it
1: d- deal with that. Just Google. I Googled. It's fine. Cool. Final link is from Print Magazine.
0: I've heard of them. Heard of them.
1: Yeah, maybe once or twice. So this is all about this font called Ombra or Ombra. It was designed by Brandon Nickerson, who I've seen his kind of contemporary type lettering work on Instagram before. And apparently this typeface was developed in the process of creating a logotype for a client which is funny because you're trying to create some extraordinary letter forms. Then you're probably like, oh, my God, wait, I want to make all the letter forms. So that's always inspiring. (laughs) It was originally based off a design by Othmar Motor in 1973, and then it was digitized by Linotype. Ombra itself is based off of Motor Ombra. I'm just going to do different pronunciations every time I say (laughs) these words. So it's based off of an original typeface. It's a little bit of a revival. Things as far as like the flesh of the typeface have changed. Like there's certain details that have been modified from the original, but the skeleton is similar. And it's just like a really good typeface because I think there's pretty inventive forms. And I think something interesting they say about it is that you can just type it out and already kind of looks like a logo. And so I did that. (laughs) I,
0: see I was like,
1: yeah, you could convince me that that was a logo for something. I like it.
0: Oh, because you can type test it on. It links to the site where you can buy the font, right? And you can type test it. Yeah, it
1: links to Creative Market, which I wish it was somewhere more inspiring than the Creative Market website.
0: But <laughs> I mean, I guess, but it's easy to sell a font on Creative Market. So
1: I know, but it's terrible to test a font on Creative Market.
0: Yeah, they still use that old fashioned type in a letter. Wait a second. It'll make an image out of it send you the image back so you don't steal the font
1: yeah yeah that's fair what do you think about this
0: certainly not my jam but pretty cool (laughs) yeah i definitely love the x and the w they make no sense whatsoever and it's great Mm -hmm. like it's barely the letter forms that you think that you're typing out and that's pretty cool i love that yeah
1: i love seeing blobs that if you didn't know they were a letter they might just be blobs but then you see all of the blobs and the shapes together in a collection. And all of a sudden you're just reading letters. How incredible (laughs) is that?
0: It is. I want to see this used on in something I'm not expecting. Cause I see this and I think of either like sixties coffee or clothes Mm -hmm. or food or something like that, or maybe early seventies, like surf related something Like that C, the lowercase C, that is literally a wave.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The inherent shapes to it definitely lend itself. I'd
0: love to see somebody use this for a bank or something. I don't know. Just I'd love to see it used somehow not the obvious way. I don't know what it is. It's not going to be me, but it's cool. And I feel like there's potential to be weirder than it even is.
1: I just made a crazy connection while you said that. I was like, you know what this reminds me of? The titles for that movie Zola which is based off of that Twitter thread from years ago. I just watched Zola, too.
0: How do you spell that?
1: Z-O-L-A. It's about a weekend with uh, some strippers, and they go on a trip. It's a trip. It is a good time of a movie. They use the original version of Ombra, and that's really interesting.
0: How did that come up? You just knew that? What the heck?
1: Yeah, because I'm pretty obsessed with that logo they did for Zola. It's so interesting because it is such a 70s font. The movie is filmed in this very almost like nostalgic, overexposed way, but it's like a very modern tale of girls going down and getting into some trouble for a weekend.
0: Oh, you know why? It's A24. That's why. It's freaking A24, man. Yeah. Love that company.
1: Maybe Zola too.
0: <laughs> just joking. <laughs> There's not a Zola too. It was a Twitter thread. I could tell. Oh, you know what else? I could see this. I could see this as like, uh, what was that most recent Quentin Tarantino movie?
1: Oh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood?
0: Yeah. Good memory. You just know stuff. You're so smart.
1: I know some movies. It was just the Oscars. Oh, we're not going to talk about that on here. Oh, <laughs> yeah,
0: we're not talking about that. Oh, look, this movie has Greg from Succession, which you made me start watching and now I love.
1: Yes, he plays a great part in that. The movie also has my favorite car as a main character, and that's a it's G-Wagon. your favorite car. It's a Mercedes G-Wagon. Yep. What? Um, if anyone wants to get me anything Powerly for my next friends. birthday, you can give me a G-Wagon. <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh! Ah. Oh, I remember now when you were here. We were, we saw one of these on the street. Now, now I'm looking it up. I see. Yeah, this is your favorite. All right, it's my favorite car. All right, I feel bad for shaming you. It's not that bad.
1: Okay, thank you. Not Zola talk. Let's get back to our main purpose. <laughs> Moving from strippers a- to type design school.
0: <laughs> Perfect transition.
1: Type design school.
0: It exists.
1: It exists.
0: There's a couple of them. There's at least four.
1: Yeah. So we're going to talk about five. And I learned about a few more when I Googled it. And there's literally a Wikipedia list, if you're ever curious, called Lists of Institutions Offering Type Design Education. And there's some pretty obscure ones. But I thought I picked out like kind of the top five that I hear the most about when people kind of chat about their type design education um, and what programs they went to. I remember looking up type design schools in college. You know, I remember in high school when I didn't know what graphic design was, and I, like, Googled what graphic design was and, like, learned what that was. And I was like, that's so cool. I remember in college when I was studying graphic design, I Googled type design schools and learned there was type design schools, and I thought that was, like, the coolest thing ever. And now I'm like, I take these things for granted so much, but I think they're, like, pretty obscure things.
0: This is why this was a good idea, because our mission over here is trying to bring type design to – people who don't have all of the access that necessarily everybody has right Mm -hmm. and to make type design more accessible either location money time all manner of things right like that's one of the reasons we've been doing all these workshops and courses and like why we are working so hard towards what we're working towards and i feel like that's an extra good reason to talk about This idea of the formal schools, because it's almost too easy to like write off a formal school for a normal human who's like interested in this, but they're like, well, I don't know. I can't go to that one that I've heard about and it's too much money and it's a faraway place and there might be other options that you aren't considering and there might be like pros to going to a formal school that aren't directly apparent unless... (laughs) auntie olivia teaches us
1: auntie olivia i love that name
0: let's learn some shit
1: yeah let's talk about it i appreciate you saying that too because education comes in a growing amount of forms these days and it's exciting to talk about it let's start with type it cooper nyc easiest for me
0: very popular
1: yeah type it cooper and honestly because i'm in new york And when I considered type design school for a hot second, this is the one I considered. This is the one I know the most people that went to it, to be honest, because I'm in New York. And if I meet people that do type design, it's pretty common that they went here.
0: But also New York is historically a very type design heavy city.
1: Yeah, that's fair. There's
0: like a lot of type design history in New York. So that partly makes sense. People travel to New York to learn type design. This is one of those places that they do that for.
1: Lots of foundries here too. Cooper Union offers a postgraduate certificate in type design. So it's a certificate program, if you're curious about like what you end up with at the end. And there are two versions. There's the extended program which is three trimesters with classes and workshops in the evenings and on weekends. So it's like tailored towards people that are working professionals, don't have the time to do this every day as like a full-time student. Each term of the extended program is $2,800 or so. So for three trimesters, I don't know, that's like close to $9,000. So it's a, it's an investment. The main instructors that – I think I've actually been introduced to Hannes Famira before. But Hannes Famira is one of the main instructors, graphic designer, type designer. He attended The Hague, which is one of the other schools we're going to talk about. Worked at various foundries. And there's also Alexander. I think people also call him Sasha Toshilovsky, who is a curator at the Blue Balance Study Center of Design, and he co-founded the program in 2010. So co-founded in 2010, pretty recent.
0: Oh, yeah. I don't think I realized that. Yeah. That's interesting.
1: I think that's really interesting. Micah, I feel like we know colleagues and stuff that went to Type at Cooper that were probably in some of the first classes at Type at Cooper.
0: Yeah. yeah. Wait, I have a quick question. It's real quick. Uh-huh. You mentioned that this is like a certificate program is that the same as a degree or is that different
1: it's different than a degree it's like a step lower but also type design is so niche and there's not many master's programs with just this as a focus so i think it's still super credible if you want to go on to do type design as opposed to like a business mba versus a business certificate i feel like there's probably a big jump in a master's program for business there's probably not that big of a jump i mean someone correct me if i'm wrong. But <laughs> I think there's lots of successful type designers that have a certificate program. So then there's also the condensed program. So we talked about extended. That's like a year long. You're like working. You're going to school at night. You're going to workshops and lectures in the evenings and in the weekends. The condensed version, so intense. It's for five weeks in the summer for a total of 162 in-class hours. You're literally working All day. Oh, my gosh. You're going to have all day sessions. You're probably going to be in studio all day. You're going to have some breaks, but it's like very, very intense month. The tuition is $5,300. So definitely less than the extended program. From what I've heard about people that attended this condensed program, a lot of it's people that don't live in New York, but want the opportunity to study at type at Cooper. So they're willing to take like a five week hiatus from whatever um, work they're doing at the time, come to New York, do a really, really intense period. It's like total immersion as opposed to the extended Mm. program. And so, yeah, that's an option they offer as well, which I have always found like pretty interesting that you get like two sides, you probably get quite a different audience for both. And I think with all the schools we're talking about, they're all going to market themselves as you can become a type designer after this. Like you are now qualified to go on and become a type designer. Not saying that everyone that has to become a type designer, certainly there's a lot of people that go to these programs just to get really, really good at their typography skills. If I was to ever like do a type design program, it'd be for more of that purpose is just like become a better typographer and have a better understanding of letter forms. All that good
0: stuff. Have you considered that? Is that on the table? What the heck? That's I don't news. think it's
1: on the table these days. But yeah, okay. if I was like to just win the lottery, I'm hanging out. I feel like getting better at type design. <laughs> I have nothing else going on in my life. I don't have to work.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I do think. I mean, just for comparison, this is interesting to hear because you know I used to teach at General Assembly and teach like nothing to. You're a software developer now, mm-hmm. and that was three months of full time, five days a week. Mm-hmm. And I feel like type design is way harder than that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the intensive program is five weeks. Yeah, That's it's wild. pretty
1: crazy. It's pretty crazy. Probably like.
0: I'm also, to a be fair. Stuff anecdotally, I don't know this for a fact, but it seems like a lot of people will go through a program like this, whether it's the intensive or the non-intensive, mm-hmm. which is I'm sure also intense, and then do some kind of like apprenticeship, which seems to still exist in this industry. Mm-hmm. That's at least what I've heard a lot.
1: Yeah, I guess I don't know anyone that really did the condensed program. I'm curious um, what a lot of the, the graduates from that go on to do. I'm sure some of them do type design, but if there's people with different goals – that are more so in that. Also, I think Type It Cooper, if I read correctly, yeah, the program's limited to 18 participants for the extended program and 16 participants for condensed. So fairly small class at the end of the day. I feel like I always hear of, like, Type It Cooper, like, people being really close because they're, like, small knit. All right. Enough about the famous guys that we already know about. How about (laughs) – We chat a little bit about Type West, which I think at some point Type West was really Type at Cooper West or something. And Type at Cooper New York was Type at Cooper NYC. But
0: I'm fairly certain that's true.
1: Yeah. Water under the bridge because Letterform Archive runs Type West now, which I always Mm. forget. Because I again always associate it with Type at Cooper, but Type West is Letterform Archives' postgraduate certificate program in type design. So you're getting the same certificate or like out outcome
0: at the end of the day. It's a partnership. I just googled it's it. Partnership. <laughs> okay. Could have okay. Googled that before this, but the Continuing Education Department at the Cooper Union, in partnership with Letterform Archive, Oh. A postgraduate certificate in typeface design. In San Francisco, California.
1: I love it. Okay. So that makes
0: sense. That's why we thought that because it is and it's partnered okay. with our four.
1: I love it. They're friends. They're pals yeah, on both buddies. sides of the country. Something interesting about Type West is they officially offer two programs now, one that's in person and one that's online. I think before the pandemic, there was definitely not an online option and it was all in person. But it seems like they've really crafted their curriculum to be workable in a remote setting. And I think obviously one of the pros to that is that they're saying you can be anywhere in the world and get a certificate from our Type West program, making it more accessible. I think that's actually appealing to a lot of people. I feel like I'm finding a lot more indie type designers working in more obscure areas have taken courses at Type West. So curious to learn a little bit more about that. And the core instructors are a little bit different than Type of Cooper. One of them is Graham Bradley, who was once the first employee at Frere Jones Type, where he worked on Mallory and Retina. Now works at a Cali-based design studio. And then Grendel Lockfist is an educator in the San Francisco area on graphic design, book arts, type, and letterpress printing. And... Juan Villanueva, who we're big fans of, is also an educator over at Type West. I'm assuming part of the online program because I know Juan is based in Brooklyn. So that's all pretty cool. Very similar timeline, it sounds like, to uh, Type of Cooper. There's three trimesters and it's about the same per trimester. So it's it's like $2,700 a trimester times three if you're interested in taking the year long class. Again, classes are in on evening times and on weekends. So these are Type West, type a Cooper, very similar, two sides, same coin, couple options. And then we get into a couple more programs. We get into the masters programs. There might be some that I'm missing, but these are the two really famous ones. That's the master in typeface design. Often when I hear about some more established type designers, they went to one of these programs. These programs, I believe, have been around a way longer time. I wasn't able to find the exact founding of when the program started. But the Master Type Media program at the Royal Academy of Art at The Hague, that's the first one. It's also sometimes called KBK because that acronym stands for Dutch words that I cannot say. But KBK people <laughs> use often for The Hague program. And then there's the University of Reading program, and that's the Masters of Arts in communication design. They call it the typeface design pathway, but it's just a master's in typeface design. That must be like a new vernacular. These programs are much more intense. The type media at The Hague. James Edmondson, I think mentioned that, that he went to this program when he was on the podcast. But this is a one- year master's program delves into type design, typography, two semesters. like I think you're much more traditional academic year. There's presentations, there's a final exam, final evaluations. I've seen like portfolio sites that show off the final projects of the KBK grads from the type media program at the end of the year. Eric Van Blockland is the head of Type Media. Eric is like a legend in the type design world. I've known him a little bit from his writings about technical aspects of type design, but also like some tools that he's designed that has really moved forward the industry. So I feel like it's easy now for me to put that name to a face, to a place. So the other master's program is at the University of Reading, also famous. This one has like a very different, distinct path from the programs we've talked about. There's going to be a dissertation that you have to write at the end of the year. So that's a really different and much more formal master's program, very academic. You're also focusing on developing a multi-script typeface for text-intensive applications. So it's not as formal of a path on the other programs we talked about where this one's really about a lot of reading and research and researching of methods. I feel like I've seen some dissertations from this program, and it's like really intense. Like, how did the italic do X, Y, and Z? And it's like seventeen pages, and like I wish I had the time to read it all because like there's probably so much research that goes into it. So those are the master's programs. I mean, Micah, do you know, do you know anything else about these that maybe? Oh, one other thing. It's really hard to figure out how much these cost. They cost way cheaper if you're like in the eu and then like way more expensive if you're not in the eu um so i'm not gonna report on the prices because i don't understand it sounds like if you're coming from not the eu it's closer to like 8k euros so maybe similar to the type at cooper type west programs but then you have to like move to europe to do these programs (laughs) so so what do you know about the programs anything that i'm missing out on micah
0: I don't know a ton more than that, to be honest. I did too once look into reading and was like, what the heck does this cost? And it was very difficult to find out without talking to a human. Mm -hmm. And I guess it's interesting because in my mind, having played around in this world for 10 years or whatever now, it was like in the very beginning, going to reading was... The thing. There was a Mm -hmm. whole class of people who went to Reading, and if they went to Reading, they knew their stuff, and if you didn't go to Reading, then you're an amateur. Mm -hmm. And I think in the last, I guess, 10 years, that has transitioned from the old schools, like the two you're talking about, that have been around for 30 years since the 90s, says Wikipedia, Mm. to the new schools that you started talking about, which have been around since the (laughs) 10s. So now it's kind of like A little bit less harsh, a little bit Mm -hmm. less rude about it. But if you have gone to, like, Type West or studied at at one of these other ones, then you know your stuff. And it's, like, Mm -hmm. a little bit more accessible, but not a ton yet. Yeah. And I think probably, realistically, I think we are starting the age now where it'll start to be like, no, you learned it from the Internet. Oh,
1: (laughs) yeah, definitely super plausible and especially with all the the types of different needs we have for typefaces these days. I think something like a master's program is great if you want to just, if you want to work on like text typefaces and that's something where maybe you do need a full-time student undertaking to start doing that right away without more further education in type design. So I agree we are going to start seeing there's so many different paths of type design you can go down depending on what you Want to do and pursue. Like, I think exactly. It's like the internet self taught type design. One more school left. I think we're running long, but I'll be done after this. Type Paris. I've been hearing a little bit about it, and it's probably the one I know the least about. And it is an intensive program taught in English, actually, but taught in Paris. It seems like it's located really close to the Eiffel Tower. If I ever wanted a romantic type education, yes, yeah, send me to Paris. I would love to just <laughs> stare at the Eiffel Tower and create letters. Oh my gosh. So their unique approach, as it says on their website, continues the long tradition of type design study that started in France back in the 70s. So we're always talking about how we think there's great type coming out of France. I'm very curious about this unique approach that has come out of France for the past 40, 50 years. John Francois Porchez is the founder of Type Paris, who I know has helped out Karen Chang with the structure of her type design class. So that's very cool. And this is an intensive program. The one in 2022 runs from June 8th to July 13th. So, again, similar to the condensed Type at Cooper program, there's two sessions a day led by a tandem of two instructors, and there's 340 hours of instruction over the course of five weeks. Intense. I can't do
0: math, but I'm pretty sure that's intense.
1: That sounds intense. 340 hours? That's a lot of hours. <laughs> I mean, is that like a season of – is that like the full series of Breaking Bad? No. That's more than that. It's more than that. How Crazy. How did you just
0: knew that? You just looked in the database in your mind?
1: Yeah, I <laughs> calculated. I think Type Paris ha- was initiated by Tipo Foundry, the French Type Foundry that I cannot pronounce. But I think that was kind of an endeavor that they started. And they also attract people from all over the world. They have a huge list of countries that people have come from, because similar to the condensed program at Type at Cooper, it's like, okay, you don't live somewhere on the coasts. Let's like kind of do this really intense session where you just spend time doing type design. I don't know. That sounds so nice to me.
0: <laughs> I, this is of, honestly of the ones that we've talked about. This is the one that I have considered. Really? And I don't even want to be a professional type designer or anything. I just kind of want to get better for the league. But that's the one that seems most interesting to me. Also, partially, you know, Paris. I love Paris. Paris is amazing.
1: Yeah. I
0: doubt you'll have much time to do anything. Yeah. (laughs) But I think maybe to me it seems the most modern, which... Might just be the branding and nothing else, Mm -hmm. but they do a good job with the branding, even though it's not Micah Style necessarily. They make it feel like it's a bunch of smart people who will teach you the stuff that you need to know rather than any kind of hoity program. And I always liked the way that they talk about it that way, which is weird also because it's Paris, Mm-hmm. Paris is world renowned for. You're an outsider. Eh, we're we're not going to be the <laughs> nicest at yeah. first. You know, if you know any French people, it's just kind of the beginning of getting <laughs> to know a French person. I mean, for anybody who's French, we still love you. But yeah, you know, that's do. that's why this program seems. And we, I, I think you and I both know a couple people who have gone from the days in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. I can't think of anybody off the top of my head.
1: I think Anna Michelle. Was a speaker at Type Weekend when I did it, and I think she mentioned her type Paris experience. Maybe we got to get her on the podcast, and I want to hear what that's like. That sounds like kind of a dream now that we're talking more.
0: Did Kara Gordon go? Potentially. Potentially. I might be making that up. I don't think I am. I think she did go in 2015 because it's on their website. As you research this. (laughs)
1: So, yeah, I want to hear more about what that's like because I agree. And maybe that's just because I'm like, I'm in New York. Why would I – if I wanted a life-changing experience, why would I be in New York? (laughs) (laughs) Also, my nights and weekends are reserved for the league.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But here's the thing, too, like one of the things that has always been a thing to consider with a serious program like this, like any of these, Mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of two branches of seriousness, serious and super serious. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it is who you want to learn from and who you're going to get to know by being in this intense program together and bonding like crazy people.
1: Yes, that is definitely appeal to like be in a community of people that are just as intense about type design as you are in that given moment.
0: And type design is a small industry still. Yes. And so a lot of those people are going to go into the type design industry, work for some talented company, start their own studio. You're going to end up working together. That is a really interesting perk of doing a legit program like this.
1: Absolutely. Agreed. I think that's a good note to end on.
0: Cool. See you in Paris.
1: Oh, my God. Seriously. <laughs> that's all I want right now. A macaron and some type. Mm. <sighs> okay, Micah. Great time as always.
0: Thanks for all the education, Olivia.
1: Of course. Auntie Olivia to you. Do-do-do-do. <laughs> do <laughs> <laughs>